0: Good morning. morning. What a joy it is to be here this morning worshiping with y'all. Got a few announcements. Um, First, as many of y'all know, Cherokee Baptist Church filled over 300 Christmas boxes, which is amazing. Um, What a blessing that is. So on that note, I want to read this note. Dear church family, thank you very much for your support and help with Operation Christmas Child shoe boxes. With God's blessing, we were able to pack 73 awesome shoe boxes. Please continue to pray for the children who will receive the shoe boxes as as it is an opportunity opportunity to witness to them as well. God is great. Thank you again, women of the word fellowship. 300 boxes, that is awesome. A um, couple more announcements. Um, if y'all notice, there, there's a good smell coming from the kitchen. Today is our Thanksgiving meal. Everyone is invited to stay. Um, you may say, I didn't bring anything. That's okay, stay and eat. There's always plenty, um, and the food is always good. There will be no evening activities um, this afternoon, and there will be no activities Wednesday, Um, no youth uh, and no children's meetings, no meetings at all on Wednesday. Um, On the 28th at 6.30 p.m., we will have the hanging of the greens. We'll put up our greens, our Christmas tree and um, poinsettias and and all that good stuff. Um, The children's Christmas program will be December the 12th at 6.30 And practice and dress rehearsal will be December the 8th at 5.45 to 7 o'clock. One more announcement that's not on here, I had to add. Today is a very special little boy's birthday, and we just want to say happy birthday, Walker. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Can y'all believe he's three years old? That's all the announcements I have. Anybody else have anything else?
1: How about now? Hey, go ahead and mute everything else. Otherwise, we'll get this horrible feedback. There we go. Awesome. Um, It's so good to be with you today. Um, And happy Thanksgiving to you. I know I'll have another opportunity to say happy Thanksgiving. It's sure good to see all of you here today. We do have an opportunity this morning to witness a baptism and then also to partake in the Lord's Supper. It doesn't happen every Sunday. remind us as as to what baptism means, what it signifies. Uh, This morning we're baptizing... your cross is to basically say I'm dead to my own will my own way of doing things and that's pictured when she's lowered under the water and being raised again it's a picture of her saying I choose to live for Christ it's also baptism is the first public step of obedience and it's the entryway into the church a person cannot become a member of a Baptist church unless they are born again and baptized a person cannot be baptized unless they are born again had the opportunity a few weeks back to sit and talk with Olivia and her parents and just wonderful time with her. Uh, young lady is, um, I look forward to seeing what the Lord's going to do in her and all the others that we've had the opportunity to baptize. Uh, so this morning we baptize Olivia Ratcliffe. I know. I forgot to tell you that... Uh, This picture is the washing away of her sins, and the wash is on cold. (laughs) All right, Olivia, have you uh, repented of your sin? Yes. Have you trusted in Jesus for your salvation? Yes. Do you promise to follow him all the days of your life? Yes. Then based on your profession of faith of Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, I baptize you my sister in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, buried with him by baptism into death, raised to walk in newness of life. Let's pray together. Let's pray together and then we'll worship together. Father, how grateful we are uh, for you giving life to dead souls. And we know that you can do that. You've done that countless numbers of times. Christ died on the cross for a people. And Lord, the Holy Spirit raises those people from the dead spiritually, brings them to life that they might understand their need for Christ, repent of their sin, put their faith and trust in him. We're thankful that Olivia is born again. She is in you, and she is choosing this day and every day to come to walk in faith, to live for Christ, to go where he says go, to live as he says live, to do as he says do. And I pray, God, that you would bless her life richly, and we praise you, God, for all that you've done for us in Christ. And it's in his name we pray these things. Amen. Let's worship.
2: Please stand.
3: Good morning. This week is Thanksgiving. How exciting. Um, I always love to go to Psalm 100 in my Bible to read for Thanksgiving because it says right at the top, a psalm for Thanksgiving. So I have a challenge this morning. I would like for all of the parents and the grandparents of these children to stand up, if you would. Anybody out there? Okay, I have a challenge that you need to help me with. Um, I'm going to read Psalm 100, and I want you guys to memorize it. You have between now and January 1st to memorize the entire chapter of the Bible, and I know that you can do it, because I've heard children your age do it before. Okay, you guys can be seated, but I'm calling on you for your help. I'm going to give everybody a copy of it to take home and begin to memorize it. So this is the psalm for thanksgiving. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness is to all generations that sounds like a pretty long verse of scripture to memorize doesn't it but if you memorize one line a day we could do this before Christmas are y'all ready to go home and get your parents to help you with this and I know you can do it okay everybody gets one what yeah well parents can read um say shout to the lord all the earth that's right shout to the lord all the earth so you'll all have it memorized everybody get one okay you got one Okay, say, enter his, thanks with thanks- enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his <laughs> gates with thanksgiving. That's what we're doing today. We are entering into the, the courts of Almighty God to thank him for all the blessings in our lives. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Father, I, I praise you for these precious children and for their families. Father, I just pray that as they begin to um, think about this verse of Scripture, this chapter of the Bible, that it would just be implanted in their hearts. Father, we just give you all the praise and the glory and the thanksgiving this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him from all his troubles. The Lord and the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. O oh, taste and see, the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack.
2: Amen. Mm-hmm.
1: Check. There we go. Awesome. That's a great song to end on. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord unto me. Um, By show of hands, who deserves the Lord's faithfulness? None of us. None of us can put our hands up. What a gracious God we have. That in spite of us, for his own glory, he would be great in his faithfulness toward us. Well, this morning, we are going to partake of the Lord's Supper together. I'm going to do something different. I'm I'm not asking you to take your Bible, your copy of God's Word, and open to a particular passage of Scripture. I'm going to put some passages of Scripture up on the screen for us to consider. You might have noticed, um, well, before I get to that, I received in the last few weeks a very helpful and welcome reminder from a very dear friend here at church who remarked, um, Brother Shannon, when we do the Lord's Supper again, let's make sure that we focus on the Lord's Supper. And you know how that just made my heart sing? That someone in our church was so concerned that the Lord's Supper takes center stage and not just be something that we add on. It's not just an order of wor- a piece of of what we do in the order of worship, like announcements. That it, it's center stage, and, and I hope that resonates with you. That when we come together to take the Lord's Supper, that it should be center stage, and so that is that is we we direct our attention to that end today. You might have noticed in the bulletin that. Instead of calling this a sermon, it's just simply called the Lord's Supper meditation. Uh, to meditate on something just simply means to think it over and over and over. If you could um, put a piece of hard candy in your mouth, um, and, unless you were able to chew it up and swallow it right away, you'd have to sit there and kind of let it melt in your mouth. And you'd, you'd get all the different tastes that are in that candy. And, and I want to, as we turn our attention here in a few moments, to the broken body, the bread and the spilt blood, the juice, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Before we do so, I would like to give us three words, perhaps, from from Scripture that will help us to meditate, to kind of turn over in our mind what this supper is about, what it means, what it is for us. So three words. first word I want to share with you is the word proclamation. This is a proclamation. The Lord's Supper, Paul says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. The Lord's Supper is a proclamation. Here in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, Paul says that when you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. That the bread that is broken, it symbolizes the broken body, the battered and bruised body of our spotless Savior. And the juice represents the precious blood that was spilt for us, that paid the price for our sin in full. And it was a death, we know. It was not His death to die. Our Lord sinned not once in his entire life, in thought, word, or deed. He was spotless, the spotless Lamb of God. No, it wasn't his death to die, it was our death. Because we sinned, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It should not have been our Savior who incurred the wrath of Almighty God. That should have been ours. Paul says in Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. God carried out His justice on His Son. But that justice should have been carried out on us in righteousness, in God's holy justice. Christ died in our place. He was the eternal Son of God not not existing in eternity past in a body but the eternal son of god became the incarnate son of god he took on human flesh and in that real human body real human flesh jesus christ the spotless lamb of god lived a perfectly righteous life the one that we could not live so that he might be the substitute the one who could, sit, could stand in our place before God. See, in our place, Christ died on the cross. And in doing so, he satisfied God's wrath on our sin. God's just wrath. He satisfied God's holy justice. And for our salvation, Christ did not remain in the tomb. He himself said that he would raise three days later. And he did. Showing that the debt for our salvation was paid in full. Why did God do all of this? Did He owe us anything at all? No. God did all of this that He might display His glory to sinners. That He might extend His kindness to them. That He might... Offer mercy and grace to them. Not only do they don't get what they do deserve. They get what they don't deserve. That's what mercy and grace are. Mercy. I don't get what I truly deserve. Grace. I get what I didn't earn and can't deserve. God did all of this that he might demonstrate his love. And so every time we eat this bread. And we drink this cup. We proclaim the Lord's death. And in doing so. We proclaim the gospel. Martin Lloyd-Jones once remarked something similar to this. The preaching from a church's pulpit may fail in the proclamation of the gospel, but the partaking of the Lord's Supper never does. It is a proclamation for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. The Lord's Supper is a proclamation. But it is also an invitation. It's an invitation. Jesus says Himself in John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. When Jesus says, Whoever comes... He's actually saying, come. Whoever comes, come. You may come to me. It's an invitation for sinners to believe in the crucified and resurrected and ascended Christ. Isaiah 55. I think Jesus was drawing on Isaiah 55 when he said, John 6:35. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah to the people of Israel. Come. Not only is he speaking to the people of Israel, but he's speaking to the lost today. I want you to listen to the Lord beckoning people to come. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And your labor for that which does not satisfy. Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, an unbreakable agreement. My steadfast, sure love for David. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. He's calling people to repentance. Forsake your way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return, repent, come to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. The Lord's Supper is an invitation It is a clear proclamation of the gospel. And in it there is an invitation to come to Christ who willingly laid down His life on Calvary's cross. This is an invitation to respond to the grace and mercy of God, to His love that He clearly displayed in Christ and He clearly proclaimed in the Lord's Supper. And that invitation is an open invitation. All who want to come may come. You may come. It's an open invitation, Jesus says. Whoever comes shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. So it's it's a proclamation, it's an invitation, but it is also... You might not have ever heard this before. I'm not trying to create something new. I'm I'm reaching into the past in some sense. Appropriation. Appropriation. The Lord's Supper is a proclamation. It is an invitation and it is an appropriation. Now, what I mean by appropriation, I hope will come clear in just a few moments. So, if your eyebrows poking up just a little bit. Put it back down for a sec, and I promise I will answer your questions. In John chapter 6, verses 53 to 58, Jesus says some very, very difficult words that actually turn people away from him. Now, they don't understand what Jesus is saying, but I'm going to do my best to help us understand what Jesus is saying here and why he is saying it in this particular way, because that is important to understand. Because he is communicating a vital truth to believers. Verse 53. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. I apologize, I wasn't keeping up with the slides. Whoever feeds on this bread, Jesus here talking of his own body, whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Now, One thing we must get straight right away is that Jesus here is not being literal. He is not talking in any way, shape, or form about anything that can be construed as cannibalism, the eating of human flesh. He is not being literal at all. I think we understand that. I believe we do. What Jesus is saying here in a way that really is understandable for us because we are people who depend on food and drink in order to be sustained in our physical life. He's drawing from that to help us to understand a spiritual truth. And that truth is you must appropriate Christ for yourself. You must appropriate His work in salvation in all of its aspects. Now, Let me see if I can illustrate what it means to appropriate something. Now, I didn't get this body by just looking at food. I get hungry quite often. And if I go to the pantry, being hungry, and I take out a can of tomatoes, who in their right mind would do that? But if I take a can of tomatoes, I do not appropriate that can of tomatoes if I simply read the label. I don't appropriate that can of food if I were to take the label off that told me what was inside the can and eat the label. I I don't appropriate that can of food if I just try to, after I open the can of tomatoes, just remove one nutritional ingredient from the tomatoes that are in the can. I don't appropriate that can of food in those ways. I appropriate the food, the tomatoes, when I read the label on the can to know what's in it. When I open it up and I eat its contents. I have appropriated it. I have put it to its intended use. Now, it is not difficult for us to understand that in order to open a can and eat the contents of a can of tomatoes, we have to have a can opener and a fork. But Jesus is talking about eating food in a different way. How do we appropriate Him? How do we eat the true food of of His flesh of the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink the true drink of His blood. Does He really intend for us to eat His flesh and drink His blood? No. Why do we know this? Because He's not talking about the Lord's Supper. That wasn't instituted until the night of His betrayal. Jesus wants us to understand that to appropriate for ourselves the eternal life that is in Him, in a sense we must feast on Him. We're not to just read the label. I I think I would consider this the label. It would tell us about Christ. It's not enough to eat the label, to consume this word. It's not enough to try to say, I just want the hope that Christ gives, the peace that Christ gives, the love that Christ gives. I just don't want to pull one thing out. That is not appropriating Christ. What we do in the Lord's Supper... As we are reminded. There, there's nothing in what we are about to do that is mystical, mysterious. We are going to take a piece of bread and some juice. And we're going to put it in our mouth and we're going to taste all of it. Sydney just read a few moments ago, taste and see that the Lord is good. And the supper reminds us that the Lord is good as The bread and the cup have real physical qualities. They are real. They have measurable characteristics. When we feast on Christ, there are measurable things that we gain. Just as we we lay hold of the benefits of Christ by faith. It's not through eating bread or drinking a cup. Just as we lay hold of the bread and the cup... As physical realities with all of the measurable, beneficial, and desirable qualities and characteristics they possess. It's going to taste good. Carolyn made the bread. I'm so I'm thankful she did that. It's going to be wonderful. I like grape juice. And I like the benefits of the physical part. But there is a spiritual part where I'm reminded that this teaches me how I am to appropriate Christ. I lay hold of Christ by faith and all of the corresponding spiritual realities that are ours in Him with all the measurable, beneficial, and desirable qualities and characteristics they possess. Some might say, I want the love of Christ. If you feast on Christ, you will have His love. I just need the wisdom from Christ. Feast on Him, you will have His wisdom. Sometimes I think we get the cart before the horse. Now I realize some of you you are looking at me. like, Brother Shannon I don't quite understand this. Now you understand what Jesus is. What the people who were right there in front of Jesus. That it, it didn't jeehaw with them. That's a good old country term. It didn't jeehaw with them. They didn't understand. They thought he was talking about something physical. Thought he was talking about eating real flesh and real blood it says in John 6.66 that many of his disciples turned away from him on that very day. Jesus turned to his disciples, his twelve, the apostles. He said, do you want to go away too? And Peter stood up and spoke for the group and he said, where else will we go? You have the words of eternal life. Peter probably didn't understand everything Christ was telling him right there. But Peter said... Maybe at some point I will understand this, but I know that you are the Christ and you have the words of eternal life. What I'm simply saying is this. Christ, in, in, in a way, he, he wants us to understand that we must... You think of, our, of us being in Christ and Christ in us. That happens as a result of our conversion, of our regeneration. But then after the fact, there is this ongoing pursuit of Christ. Paul says in Philippians, I want to know Christ. I want to know Him. Not just know about Him. I want it to be almost to the point where it's hard to know where Paul ends and Christ begins. I want to know Him that intimately, that well. I want to be that close with Him? I want to know the depths of who He is, all that God has made Him to be for me. I want to know that, and the way that Christ, perhaps in a way that is a little, it's different, but helps us to understand really what Paul is saying there is: if you want to, if you want to appropriate Me, you got to feast on Me, lay hold of Me by faith, know Me with all that you are. Three words in the supper. It's a proclamation, it's an invitation, it's an appropriation. And I pray that this morning as we have uh, considered these three words together that they will have indeed provided something upon which you can meditate as we take the supper together. We're going to have a time of response. And I do want to let you know that if if you need to come this morning and make any kind of decision, um, you are encouraged, welcome to do that. Uh, We still have yet uh, more to do in the service. We've got to take the supper together. But we want you to come. Christ invites you to come. And if he invites you to come, we want you to come as well. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll sing together in our time of response. Father, we are indeed grateful um, that this supper means so much to us. Lord, I'm reminded of what Jesus said to the the Pharisees in John 5, where he said, um, you don't know my father and you you don't hear his voice. He said, you search the scriptures because you think in them you will find eternal life. Christ said, paraphrasing here, and here I am and you don't recognize me. Or may we never be a people who know so much about Christ that we fail to know Christ and knowing him to put into practice in our own lives, to take and use, uh, because they are for our use, the things that Christ has provided to us. Lord, if there are any here that don't know this Christ as Savior and Lord, Lord, would today be the day that you would stir their heart that they might be born again, that they might recognize that this body that was broken and this blood that was spilt was spilt for them, them personally, to purchase them from death and hell and the grave, to give them a place in the kingdom of God. Lord, if they're here today, would they come forward? Would they have the courage uh, to come forward today and to confess that? We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand together. Be seated. Hopefully, as you came in, you were directed to our um, sort of impromptu way of doing the Lord's Supper today. Um, It's impromptu, but it does not change any of the contents or the symbolism, what it means to us. So, if you were, if you came in and were unaware that we were taking the Lord's Supper today, if you if you'd like to get um, a cup uh, there in the back. We could have someone bring one to you. Does everyone have one that wants to partake? Okay. Um, just a few words before we partake together. Um, I'd ask the question, who, who can partake in the Lord's Supper? Um, and it's, it's believers, those who have been born again, who have by grace through faith uh, been saved uh, by the, the justification that's found in Jesus Christ, not by works, Uh, We are unable in any way, shape, or form to contribute to our salvation. It is by grace through faith alone. Uh, You don't have to be a member of our church. Uh, This is an open table. If you are a believer, you are encouraged uh, to come. Um, uh, Who may not receive the Lord's Supper? Uh, Well, first of all, uh, if you are not a believer, if you have... Uh, never been born again, you never put your faith and trust in Christ, never been saved by grace through faith, uh, then then you need to, to not partake uh, because this is for believers and believers alone. Um, one other group of people I would say are precluded from from taking the supper, and I would say it this way, the, the impenitent, the impenitent. Um, if you're perfect, then you have no need to come and, and receive the Lord's Supper. Um, Christ's body was broken. His blood was spilt for sinful people. I realize sometimes we feel like, "I, I don't deserve this. If you are repentant, if you have struggled, if you've had a rough week or month, and you know that you have not followed Christ to the best of your ability, that does not disqualify you. If you are repentant, you are welcome to partake in the Lord's Supper today. But if you are impenitent, if you sin openly, willfully, rebelliously, high-handedly is the way the Old Testament would say it, against God, without one bit of remorse or repentance in your heart, then I encourage you this day, do not take this cup and this bread and bring down judgment upon yourself. The Bible talks about this in in, in 1 Corinthians 11, how people were taking the supper um, wrongly, sinfully, and it brought down judgment on the Corinthian church. Um, Having said all that, also, moms and dads, um, this is an opportunity for you to teach your kids about uh, the Lord's Supper. But if they have not received Christ, then uh, just talk to them about it when you get home. All right, if you would, please, um, we'll take the bread first, and I want to read passage of Scripture from First Corinthians 11. If you'll just take it and hold it, then we will uh, partake together. This is Paul in First Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. would please uh, take the, the juice, pop that lid off ever so carefully. <laughs> Easier said than done. If you'll just hold it, we'll partake of this together. If you'll allow me to read again from First Corinthians 11. I'm going to continue in reading in verse 25. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Could we have a word of prayer? Father, how grateful we are for the broken body and the spilt blood of our Savior. What a wonder it is to consider... But the Savior willingly laid down his life for people who hated him, who were his enemies. Doing so out of obedience to you and out of love for you and out of love for us, he willingly laid down his life that we might have life. Christ died once that we might die once. And he was raised that we might be raised and experience newness of life. We thank you for that life. Father, we also thank you that having that life means that we are joined through the Holy Spirit to our Savior. And that our Savior provides for us all that we need for life and godliness. Everything we need to live is found through the Holy Spirit from our Savior. Help us, Lord, not just to know about these things, but because they've been provided for us, to be reminded that they're ours to put into use, that we might live in conformity with our Savior, that we might demonstrate His glory through our use of what He's provided to us. Father, I thank You for the time that we can be together as as a church and to enjoy the fellowship of this meal together, reminding us that we are all the body of Christ, us and all the saints who have gone before, Old Testament and new, those who are yet to come, all one group, one church, How grateful we are, Father. We pray all these things in the name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, if I could have Olivia and her family come down front. Those of you who want to come, I don't feel pressured to come. As I indicated just a little bit ago, the only person, the only people that can be baptized are those that are born again. Olivia has been born again. Um, so and she is now also baptized. The only people that can join the Baptist Church are those who are born again baptized believers. And so now she's coming formally to present herself for membership in our church. And Olivia, um, this is your church family. And today what you're doing is you're joining with them. You're becoming a part of them, a part of us. And what we experience, joy and happiness, uh, sometimes it's going to be sadness, And and things are going to go badly. You're going to be there with us. You're going to be. We'll be an encouragement to you. You'll be an encouragement to us. You'll help us grow. We'll help you grow. So it's almost what we're doing here is it's we're making an agreement with each other. When you become a part of our church, we agree that we're going to love you well. If there's ever times when you get off the way of following Christ, it's our job as your church family to love you well enough to say, Olivia, let's get back on the way. And if your church family gets off the way then it's your job as a faithful member of this church to love us well enough to say, hey, we need to get back on the way. And so we love one another, we serve one another, we use our gifts together, and so we are encouraged that you want to come be a part of this church and to um, unite to us and to put your talents and your gifts the way that God has made you uh, to use it here to serve this body and to serve our Lord. So do I hear a, a motion to accept Olivia into our fellowship? It's been moved by Roddy, seconded by Larry, that we accept her into our membership. All in favor say amen. amen. And that's everyone. And so now officially you are a member of Cherokee Baptist Church. This is a big day for her. Baptism, first time she took the Lord's Supper together and she's joining our church. And then she said the Cowboys play today. I'm like, you need to, that's way down here, way down here. Okay. Well, at any rate, um, we're going to have, actually, we're going to sing the doxology together. So if you would, please stand. Um, Let me pray so I don't get in trouble for not blessing the food that we're about to partake. If you're a guest with us and you did not plan on staying, please change your plans. Please stay with us and eat. There'll be plenty of food. It'll be excellent food. So if you'll um, just bow with me for a word of prayer, we'll sing the doxology and then we'll go eat. Father, we are again thankful for Olivia and for her profession of faith. Father, that she is reborn. Father, that she has repented of sin and that she has put her faith in Christ. We thank you that she has come and joined herself to this fellowship. Uh, we are encouraged um, that, uh, to see her um, be a part of us. We're going to be encouraged, Lord, to see her grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be encouraged as to how she encourages us. And so we look forward, Lord, to serving you alongside her. Help us, Lord, to love her well. And we pray, Lord, that she will love us well too. We also pray, Father, for this meal that we're about to partake. Bless the hands that prepared it. Bless the fellowship. And we're just grateful for this time of year where we can give thanks for all that you have done for us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's sing the doxology together. Yeah